Welcome to the online ministry of Pacific Beach United Methodist Church, located in beautiful San Diego, California. Pacific Beach UMC is a member of the Reconciling Ministries Network and welcomes persons of all ages and backgrounds for worship, study, and service opportunities. More information can be found on our website at pbumc.org. May you be enriched by the hearing of these words, and may you receive and enjoy God's blessing. scripture lesson from the First Testament comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Our second scripture lesson from the New Testament comes from the book of Luke chapter 1. Verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David." He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your Elizabeth... Your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. 
And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Thank you, Adam. Do not be afraid. There are so many variations of these words in Scripture that some people claim there are 365 such verses, one for every day of the year. Now, I'll confess to you, I have not counted them. And if you start Googling this, you'll find there are a variety of different opinions on this based on different translations, etc., etc. But even if the Bible doesn't say it 365 times, it does say it a lot. And for that, I'm grateful. It's a necessary reminder for me and for perhaps for you too. Last week, I shared about my Advent devotional book for this year and how it talks about how we, as living creatures, are hardwired to experience stirrings of fear and anxiety this time of year. As the days grow shorter, the nights grow longer, as light and warmth wane, our internal alarm systems alert us to the fact that danger may be at hand. And in addition to this physiologically-based angst that might companion us this time of year, we live with an awareness of all that has transpired around us, an awareness that can increase our sense of dis-ease as well. We are living in what we hope is the tail end of the COVID-19 pandemic, which upended our lives for several years. We have grieved again and again as we have borne witness to senseless violence being unleashed on individuals, in communities, and around the world. There was an article published in Christianity Today that said there was an 80% increase in online scripture searches since 2020, with the most searched scripture passage being Isaiah 41, verse 10, which says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not fear, I am with you. We are people and communities who have known, who do know, fear. So I don't care if the Bible says fear not exactly 365 times. I'm just thankful that it says it. I, we, need to hear those words over and over again. I've been reminded by my Advent devotional that while animals also experience fear, they don't usually hold on to it in the same way we human beings do. In general, animals have a healthy response to fear, instinctually doing what will protect and preserve them. We human beings don't always operate in that same way. Fear seems somehow uniquely complicated for us. 
Of course, it's valuable at times and can serve in life-giving and life-saving functions, but it can also root into us in ways that are less helpful and healthy. In her book, Nourishing the Soul, Angelus Arian tells a story about a moment she witnessed between two strangers. She was at a bus stop sitting next to a woman who was reading a paper, and a teenager on a skateboard zoomed around them performing some amazing feats. She says, he buzzed by us once, then twice. When he came by a third time, he accidentally knocked a woman's newspaper out of her hands. The woman said to him, oh, why don't you grow up? Arian went on to say, I watched him glide down to the corner of the block where he stood talking to his buddy. The two of them kept looking back over their shoulders at the woman. The woman hesitated for a moment, then rolled up her paper and motioned to him, saying, Won't you come here? I want to talk to you. Very reluctantly, he skated over to her and said, Yeah? She said, What I meant to say was, that I was afraid I might get hurt. I apologized for what I did say. His face lit up and he said, how cool. (laughs) Fear, our fear, the fear of others, can shapeshift and find expression in words and actions that can cause injury, offense, or harm. Today we continue to move through Advent and further into the unfolding story of Jesus' coming into the world. Last week we reflected on the generations that came before Jesus, the many stories out of which Jesus' story was born. Today we spend time with Mary. In the first moment she learned of her role as the one who would bear the divine child into the world. The angel Gabriel came to her with these wonderful words, really, of warmth and affirmation. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Mary, understandably, was perplexed. And the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The angel went on to tell her that she would conceive, carry, and give birth to the Christ child. Now surely the angel spoke the words, do not be afraid, because Mary, along with any other human being ever, would naturally have been frightened by such a pronouncement. But Mary, remarkably, wasn't overcome by fear in this critical moment. She didn't shut down and run away. She didn't yell at the angel saying, oh, why don't you grow up? (laughs) No, despite her fear, Mary asked a question. How? How can this be? And after hearing the angel's response, Mary came to a place of assent, to a place of saying, yes, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. 
I imagine all of us have a different understanding of and relationship with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Those of us who grew up Catholic are likely well acquainted with and find comfort in Mary. Those of us with Protestant backgrounds have perhaps only thought about Mary at Christmas time. But there is much about Mary that can encourage us on our spiritual journeys around Christmas time, but also all year long. Because while Mary had a unique role in bearing the divine into the world, the broader truth about which we're reminded during Advent is that God's Advent, God's coming, is ongoing. God came into the world in the Christ child. God comes into the world in our here and now through the living Christ, and God will come again in the culmination of all time. God's advent is expansive. It's transcendent. It's ongoing, past, present, and future. Mary was the God-bearer when God came into the world in the person of Christ Jesus. But God, who continues to come, still needs God-bearers today. Who will that be? You? Me? Any of us? All of us? We with hearts and spirits that watch and listen for the movement of the divine in the world, in fact, have the opportunity to say yes or no to God's invitation to become God-bearers in the world today. That, it seems to me, is a wonderful and terrifying proposition all at the same time. Terrifying because it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Why would we say no to God's invitation to be a God-bearer in the world? Well, I can think of quite a few reasons, fear being at the heart of most of them. Fear of failure, fear of the unknown. What would being a God-bearer even look like? What would that require of us? How would our lives stay the same? How would they be different? The idea of it all might cause us to fear loss of control. But what about what I want to do? Is God going to ask me to do something I don't want to do? We might also reject the invitation to be God-bearers in the world because it would likely be downright hard at times, even costly, it might lead us down difficult paths. It might require struggle, sacrifice. When you think about Mary, her yes to being a God-bearer led her into deeper relationship with God and into the deep end of the spiritual swimming pool. It led her to places where she would question God and struggle and probably question again. 
In our scripture reading this morning, we heard the question that emerged for Mary at the beginning of this God-bearing journey. How can this be? She asked. That was her question. How can this be? I can only imagine the questions that bubbled up in Mary's throat and heart and soul at other critical junctures further down this road. What do you think Mary asked God when she went into labor far from home, giving birth in a stable because there was no shelter elsewhere? What, I wonder, did Mary say to God when Jesus wandered off in Jerusalem as a teenager, only to be found debating theology with religious leaders in the temple far beyond his years? And what words do you imagine did Mary cry out to God when she stood at the base of a cross bearing witness to the execution of her son? Saying yes to God wasn't simple or easy. And while our ascent to God to being God-bearers in this time, in this place, wouldn't look the same as it did for Mary, we might still, when met with the invitation to be a God-bearer, consider the proposition and respond with a gracious but firm, thank you, but no. (laughs) So why did Mary say yes? And why, knowing everything we know, might we? I don't have a definitive answer to why Mary said yes, but I imagine it had something to do with our text from Isaiah this morning, the text that Adam read. Mary was a Jew, a person of faith, long before this visitation from the angel Gabriel. She had heard and held close the words of her people, the words of the ancient prophet, words that painted a picture of all that God intended for the world, despite the real and known trials and tribulations that patterned their daily lives. And what she would have known from those words was God's intention for fullness, for wholeness, for wellness, for each human being and among all human beings. And not just that, but God's intention for harmony, for peace, for justice that would embrace and liberate every living thing, the whole of God's creation. And perhaps Mary said yes to being a God-bearer because despite any struggle or sacrifice it might bring, she wanted to be a part of that. She wanted that to be her contribution and her legacy. She wanted to be one who said yes to the hope of wholeness for herself and for the whole world. The season of Advent reminds us of God's yearning for this cosmic vision of wholeness. As one created in the image of God, Mary, I imagine, at the deepest place of her being, 
yearned for that wholeness too. And it led her to a place of saying yes. Generation to generation, we are a part of the narrative of God's coming into the world. And we of this generation have the opportunity to say yes or no to being God-bearers in our own unique ways in this time and place. It can be a scary proposition. As I was thinking about this, I recalled author Parker Palmer's wise words related to fear. He lifts up the fact that the Bible doesn't say, don't feel fear, because of course we all feel fear. No, Palmer reminds us that the Bible says, don't be afraid. In other words, he says, don't be fear. We feel afraid sometimes, but we don't have to be the fear. We don't have to let it be us. Generation to generation, we continue to be invited into the holy labor of God's coming into the world. A scary proposition, but also a wonderful one indeed. May we remember Mary and others who have gone before us, who have said yes, not in the absence of fear, but despite it. May we live into the invitation. May we be not the fear so that we may become more and more the living body of Christ to one another and for all of God's beloved world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please bow your hearts with me as we go into a time of prayer. Holy God, we take a deep breath in and know that you are here. For where two or more are gathered, you are there. You never leave our sides. Like a protective mother hen or the sun who circles the earth, you carry us with you. So today, we bow our heads with tender spirits and ask that once more you would lean in close. Hear our prayers. Buoy our hearts. Send your spirit rushing through us like a mighty wind. For these days, God, we have so much to fear. For example, we fear the return of the COVID variant and that would once again cause us to shut down. We fear the rising tide of violence. We fear global warning. We are, will our grandchildren have trees to climb? We look at our own lives and are afraid that we aren't making much of a difference, that we might be forgotten at the end of the day. We fear rejection. We fear grief. We fear not being enough. Holy God, the muck of our lives is deep. At times, it feels like we're swimming in it. And so we come to you today because you are God who said, do not fear 365 times in scripture, once for every day. You are a God who has inserted yourself into the corners of our lives, refusing to let us go, refusing to leave us alone. And so we rest in that. We empty our pockets of our fears and give them to you 
trusting that you will hold them tenderly, just as you hold us. You whisper, be not afraid. You promise to never leave our side. You call us beloved. May that be enough for today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And at this time, I'm going to ask for our ushers to come forward with the with the offering. And again, if you have the uh, if they're first time visitor and you'd like to put that card in there, this is also a time to reflect on anything to give back to God with your hearts as you respond. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together, saying, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come." Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you.